Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. My guest today is Karen Gamba, a PR, networking, and business strategist and speaker, as well as the CEO and co-founder of the EXV Agency with locations in Atlanta, New York, and Hong Kong. EXV Agency creates out-of-the-box digital events, elevated branded narratives, and distinctive visibility campaigns for clients looking to expand their reach, reputation, and revenue. Karen is also the founder of Women Building Women, a nonprofit organization that connects women executives, transgender women of color, women of color, and at-risk males to strengthen these communities through mentorship and career counseling. Uh, Karen, is there anything else I've missed here? I think you're you're perfect right there. Thank you. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And just to get people up to speed here, uh, I heard that there's a pretty interesting story about why your agency is called EXV. It is an interesting story. And thank you for having me, Todd. It Just before the pandemic hit in 2020, my business partner and I, who were still with separate companies at the time, uh, Ellipsis was mine and Ventus Global was his sold out an event at Webster Hall in New York City. And we brought people together from different areas of their professional careers, beginners to very senior seasoned events professionals. And when we saw our name on the marquee at Webster Hall that said sold out and it said Ellipsis X Ventus, because apparently they had run out of ampersands, something kind of struck with us where we said, well, this looks really cool now that we kind of see it up in lights. And uh, that's where it was born. We were talking about merging our businesses for a long time at that point, but that really cemented the partnership in an interesting way. I think something changes inside of you when you have been working really hard at a business through partnerships, through previous partnerships that failed and didn't do so well. And you see your name in a place that's really prestigious and um, you see some electricity there. So that's really how EXV was born at I blame Webster Hall, and I blame a woman named Heather Vaughn, who is now living in L.A. as well, for for making that magic happen. Well, it's kind of funny. It's um, some of the biggest moments we have in our lives are rather serendipitous and not as much as we try to plan, as much as everything, something hits you out of left field. And part of the creative process is being open to that and going, oh, I didn't have that on my bingo card, but I really like that, you know? <laughs> Sorry, Todd. I was just about to say adaptability in this business is key. And I think you know that better than anybody is if you're not able to roll with the punches, it's going to be quite a difficult uphill climb here. <laughs> yeah. And also it has that nice, EXV has that nice ring to it where it's the, the letters sound nice together. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, it flows somehow and it's easy to say. And it, it almost sounds like its own word besides being an initials, like, oh, yeah, I was over at EXV the other day, you know. Um, 
I was going to let you know something about us that I'm sorry is uh, Frank and I are both big comic book nerds and we both love the X-Men. In fact, he has an entire sleeve tattooed of Marvel X-Men characters. So having an X in the name was also another perk that I wanted to mention, but it's kind of a an Easter egg for us. We sometimes tell people that about us. We, we let them know that we love Comic-Con. Oh, that's he's like Professor X of the agency. Um, <laughs> yes. How did you come into business with uh, it was Frank Carlisi that you uh, started the company with? It's amazing what the universe has in store for you. I was hosting an event with my company Ellipsis at the time at a venue where it was one of those moments where it was my time to shine, and just about everything you could think about was going wrong. The catering hadn't arrived. I had some really big political and investors, big figures coming to this event and think there was just chaos everywhere. Some of the security detail hadn't arrived from the mayor's office. Frank was actually someone who was working at the venue at the time. He owned his own, he owned his own business, but he was also working there and helping out with some strategic events. And I was almost in a crumpled heap in the corner when I felt this tap on my shoulder and he came up to me and he said, listen, I know you have a lot to take care of. Get your team organized. I promise you I will get this train on the rails. I just arrived. I see what's going wrong. I am going to help you make this event a success. And he disappeared. Now, I had no idea who this person was. It was like an angel just swooped in. And immediately I started th seeing things start to happen and he he saved my event. This was at six o'clock in the morning in New York and um, this person who I'd never seen before just came and helped me put this train back on the rails. And when something like that happens that is so profound, you think to yourself, wow, this is someone that I need in my life all the time. And guess what happened? We completely lost touch with each other and moved off in different directions. And for a couple of years, we, um, we lost touch. And serendipitously, I was working on another, another event a few years later, and there was this email chain involved with the players that would be involved in this event. And I saw this name, Frank Carlisi, with a completely different company. And I reached out simply, and I did one of those reply alls, faux pas, and I said, is it you, Frank? I've been looking for you. And everybody on the email chain had no idea what was going on. We were like running towards each other in slow motion through a field of flowers. And he simply said, I found you. <laughs> and so it was, it was very dramatic and cool. And we, we got together, we had some coffee, we discussed what had happened in our businesses at the time and started having discussions about how we could align and, and align our brands and bring our networks together and find ways to bring our strengths into the light. So that's really the truth of the story. He, he saved me. That's how we met. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's great. I mean, that moment where someone who maybe doesn't necessarily have to comfort you in that way or go the extra mile uh, truly cared and that makes all the difference. That's who else do you want to have your back in this world doing things, you know? Absolutely. I think when something like that happens, I was at a point where I had been through some 
challenging partnerships in my business and I wasn't looking to let anybody into the business at that point. So it was really interesting how things came about. And to fast forward to that moment where I saw our very separate companies on that marquee and realizing that this was time for us to come together, we had both kept each other at enough of arm's length at that point where we were working together, but we weren't in a business partnership. We were separate. And the separate billing on the marquee in that moment made us realize that it was time. But we had both needed time at that point, and we trusted each other enough. I knew that when things were going to go awry, there was one person I wanted in the room with me. And having that type of partnership, I realized in my life at that point, is incredibly rare. And so I wasn't about to lose him again. And so I kind of just held on for dear life, and here we still are. Well, through uh, EXV, you you uh, put on what you call innovative events. What makes an event innovative versus just a run-of-the-mill event? I don't think it has anything to do with uh, outlandish concepts. I think it's about taking simple concepts and bringing them to the fore. As I was mentioning, what we started doing was... Tipping the scales on how events are seen, we were bringing very junior people and very senior people together for discussions on stage, for panels about different professional concepts. So to have a very senior person in the room, I mean, just I I worked in corporate America for most of my career. One thing I was never seeing was a junior associate at a law firm on stage with a managing partner talking about how the law or, or the world should work. And we realized that there were really great conversations and debates and even provocative conversations to be had if you put different age groups in a room and just talk about their their experiences in life. So that's what we started experimenting with. And we realized that there was a really interesting hook to playing around with these things, the old and the new, the blue and the green, and, and really bringing things together where, you know, if you do have two people I won't say arguing on stage, but having a bit of a disagreement or a debate, it adds something to the conversation. We were seeing so much at the time of people sitting on stage talking about their their, their amazing wins and triumphs and their degrees from MIT and Harvard and how they're now the CEO of global multi-billion dollar companies. We weren't really hearing the stories about the failures and the missteps and how they got to that point. So we started digging behind the beautiful facades and realizing that storytelling was really the key to having people pay attention and not be scrolling on their phones while that person was on stage or that panel was on stage. And that's really where the innovative event, as we call it, was born was pushing the envelope a little on on vulnerability with people, no matter what the topic was, whether it was technology, whether it was something along the lines of AI, do we love it, do we hate it, is it scary, is it Skynet? We were making sure we were putting people in the room that weren't just all saying yes to the topic. And that's how we were defining our innovative events, was having different players at the table. Yeah, through that type of, I guess, Socratic back and forth, you end up having some sort of growth, whether whether it's a growth opportunity for the older person who's getting this new perspective from the younger or the younger person going, eh, maybe I don't know everything and maybe uh, the older people in the room have something to offer. Uh, what, what, what I like about this is you talk about authenticity. 
and the value that in a professional setting authenticity has because quite often, at least I know I am, uh, quite scared often to be vulnerable and authentic in a professional setting. It almost seems like it's uncouth. So there's there's an art to being that way. Um, how would you describe that? What, what do you think is the best way to be authentic or vulnerable? I think you've touched on it, is that when you're looking at a situation where you're on stage with someone that you're not necessarily willing in the moment to listen to, someone younger or less experienced who is pushing the envelope on what you have always known, in that moment you were forced to listen. And I believe that authenticity comes from being able to listen. And I think this all feeds into the fact that within all of this and all the events and front and centeredness of me and my business is that I am an introvert in here. And being able to be quiet and listen to someone is a very, very important tool in business. There is that moment where you have to learn to be quiet. Even if you don't agree with a person that you are connecting with in business, you don't have to know everything. It is okay to walk up to someone and say, you know, I admire your work. I actually don't know much about this topic. In 60 seconds or less, I know you're busy. Can you just tell me a bit more about it or what I should be reading to learn more? People are usually flattered that you will take the time to learn about what they do because their careers and their business are really important to them. They've worked really hard for it. And if you're a person who's not just there to swap a business card or like, hey, can you follow me on LinkedIn? And you're actually there to say, I heard what you said on stage. It meant a lot to me. That's where the connections happen. So the, auth- the authenticity comes from scraping away your, it's, it's again about making yourself vulnerable. It's not about you being impressive to that person in the moment. It's about you being real. And that is how I built the network I have that is global. That's how Frank and I built the network we have is, yes, we're professionals. We're, we're never going to act in a way that's going to make the person uncomfortable But what we're going to make them realize is that we are there, we're listening, we heard what they had to say, and those connections happen very organically. It's amazing how it happens. I'm not going to say it happens with every single person. There is that person that is meeting a thousand people at the event. They don't have the time. They're not necessarily going to remember this moment. But it works very well. I'm going to say 90 plus percent of the time, if you just go there without an ask, And you actually go there with your hand open where you're giving something, right? And I I always tell people this. If you're walking up to someone that intimidates you, it's okay. Go up there, thank them for what they had to say, tell them they made an impact, and be real about it. Don't say they did if they didn't make an impact to you. And hand them some value. Say, listen, I don't know if you've read it before, but I read a book where some of the things you mentioned really align. You should check it out. You know, check out what Jim Quick is saying. Check out what this one is saying. And whether they listen to you or not, it doesn't matter. But you didn't just walk up to that person to look for a LinkedIn connection or a business card. You went there with something different. And the authenticity of that moment, that first impression, is what's going to make you stand out in the crowd. Because I can guarantee you, many of the other people there are pushing their way to the front of the stage or to the event to meet that person because they want their business card, not actually thinking about what they might use that business card for. Because by the next day, this person is going to be getting 300 emails from people and say, hey, Todd, met you at the event yesterday. Great talk. How is he going to, you know, remember who you are and everyone he met? 
But if you go out there and say, it's Todd, um, I'm the one who told you about the Jim Quick book, you might actually be someone that triggers something in the email chain if you are someone that exchanged information with this person. So when it comes to authenticity, you have to put yourself on the front line. You have to be vulnerable. I'm not saying it's easy, but that is the quickest way you can move your way forward into a relationship that starts and it's not a cold call anymore. Wow, that's uh, that's great. I've I've found to to add to what you're saying. I found that in doing this show, I get a lot of people. You know, they're coming to have a professional conversation, and they're coming to talk about their professional life. And uh, many of them, uh, their their job is to uh, talk about their accomplishments, and and then there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, maybe boast a bit and sell themselves, and. <laughs> I find that sometimes with some people, if I'm if I'm kind of getting that, if I know this is how the interview is going to go, is somebody maybe bragging a little too much, or or the whole time that I try to say something, I'll try to say something that makes them mildly uncomfortable, and then if they do that, then it t- it kind of takes them off the horse a little and goes, oh, we're having an, uh, a person to person conversation here. This isn't me talking at the interviewer. You know, and then now there's something that the audience can take from our discussion. So if there's anything you can add to the book, um, say something mildly inappropriate at the beginning. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Speaking about authenticity, uh, I guess uh, EXV has tipped their foot in the water and doing work when it comes to unscripted television. And again, speaking about authenticity, vulnerability, uh, that's what it's all about. What are some things that the medium has taught you? So there's a word called outlier, which is trying to find something sparkly and shiny that stands out in the crowd. And unscripted television is a very challenging world because we have so many people coming to us with really great innovative ideas when it comes to, wow, I would watch that. I would tune in with my, you know, cup of chamomile tea at the end of the day and watch this show. And you realize that when it comes to telling interesting stories that a select few people think is interesting or selling, what it comes down to at the end of the day is the production agency's mandates and specifically what they are looking for. So you could have a concept where it's like, no, I actually have an alien in a cage in my house that I found in my backyard. I'm proving Roswell and all of the rumors, you know, the the presidential debates, it's debunked now. I have the alien. I have the spaceship. If that doesn't fall into what the TV mandates are and what people want to watch according to statistics and the research that is being done in the moment or what is being planned for the next season, um, keep your alien, keep it well fed. Maybe two or three years from now, that might be in vogue and they might be looking for that show. So the thing I learned about unscripted television, and honestly, Frank is the one who really carries that helm. He's the person who's in the trenches. He goes, he films, he interviews, he, he puts a lot of these ideas together. The thing I have seen is, um, and I'm not trying to sound negative, is you really have to roll with the punches there because they will take a show that you think is absolutely perfectly produced and reshape it into something that is barely recognize maybe your hometown 
is mentioned in it once, even though this show was 100% about your hometown, they, they will shift and change it. And so getting into the space is something that really builds character. Let me put it that way, because everything you know and you think you know um, is not going to stand up to what audiences are looking for or what these agencies and these television production companies are looking to put out there. And on top of that, the things I've learned is that you can get to that point where your show is packaged in a way where it does resonate and they love it and they are going to tell the story of your hometown and it makes it to one or two episodes or maybe just one. It doesn't hit home with the audiences as well as they had hoped and poof, your dream is gone. So I will say that it is a very exciting world. It is very exciting glitz and glamour of TV. It is interesting to people like us in, in the PR world where storytelling is a very big part of what we do, getting to know people, what makes them interesting, what makes them different, the social impact, the community impact they're having in the world. It's a great way to get to know people in a different way, but you do need to develop very thick skin. You have to develop incredibly strong communication skills because people put these stories in your hands and you're doing everything you can to help them because you really believe in this show and this pro and, and the story and the people that are involved. And, you know, there's, there's enough times where you have to go back and say, listen, they're going to ice it or we're going to have to wait or we're going to have to repackage it or this is just not the time. So I guess the thing I learned in this TV world is that it is definitely the kind of thing where you cannot get comfortable and you have to be open enough to realize that even the thing that you have shaped and you think is perfect is probably not. And um, I've worked with art artists and architects before and I realize it's very, it would be very hard for me to have an artwork that I put my heart and soul or a design into being critiqued by others. I would find that very difficult to, to take, even if it was constructive criticism. And so to look at it in that way, that your piece of art, this baby that you birthed, the story that you birthed is being picked apart in every single way. Um, sometimes, you know, and many of the times I don't want to speak negatively about the world. It's to make it better. It's still difficult to take that criticism, even if you look at it with a second set of eyes and go, wow, this is so much better now. Now that you've added this narrative or this story arc into it, it's so much better. But um, you need some thick skin for this world. It is incredibly exciting. It's glamorous and it's fun. But anybody looking to get into this world, I want to assure them that they need to be ready to really shift, duck, roll, and be ready for, for what the TV mandates are, are, you know, what they're looking for, what they're going to tell you. But it is also a don't give up mentality because what is in vogue today may not be in vogue tomorrow. And that story concept that was dismissed may now be exactly what they're looking for. So you just have to keep going. It is a real test of resiliency, let me tell you. It seems interesting to me that something would be so regimented by the production companies when actually I think probably what works in this world is catching lightning in a bottle of how, like how many reality concepts or whatever. It's just something that it's just there's a certain person that just pops and we don't know why they have a certain charisma or something is interesting or repugnant about them that we just can't stop watching, right? <laughs> and it's 
interesting to me that in that in that world that's kind of based on that is so regimented and it's almost like they're they're trying to figure out how to create that which seems nearly impossible to me but that's why they make the big money doing it and I don't but <laughs> exactly and I think you hit the nail on the head too is and this is why these shows evolve so much is that they will look at this concept as a package and be like, you know what? Todd is the only one who really is great in this show. We're going to have to replace Karen, bring another main character in, and we're going to have to bring someone in that really supports Frank's character because he's great, but he needs like a supporting thing happening, maybe a dynamic where he's fighting with some business owner on the phone and we're capturing that. So that's how this shifts and evolves is that they will look at the pieces that resonate with the audience. And that's why these, these will change to a point where you don't recognize what it was you pitched anymore because they are trying to make the, you know, the squares fit into the squares and the star shape fit into the star shape. So it's regimented and unregimented at the same time. It's, it's madness. <laughs> Well, well, it looks like we're coming to the end of our conversation, and I've had a wonderful time speaking with you, Karen. Uh, I wanted to hear just for a moment about your new webinar series being launched by EXV. So we had a moment to really look at the clients and the people we've served globally over the years across industry. And we were coming to this conclusion that there were many people who didn't really have access to PR or understood what PR was. And even some of the people we served and the, rec the recurring clients we were serving didn't understand certain parts of what it is we were doing or why we were doing it. So we are rolling out a webinar series where we're actually going to be educating people about PR, showing them how to access PR, and in some ways, showing people that who are starting businesses, emerging businesses, how to do a little bit of this for yourself, how to make certain relationships, how to navigate the PR world. So PR agencies out there, do not fear. We are not giving away the keys to the kingdom or anything like that. I, I tell people who get nervous that there are 8 billion people on this planet. There is enough business to go around. I think things would move a little better if you had a client who was slightly informed coming to the table and really having a respect and understanding of what the PR process is. I think things are seamless, uh, a bit more seamless when you're dealing with a client who's slightly more educated about the process. We have had many clients um, on the lower sphere that was a smaller business and in a larger international corporation that came to us for this work who would come and say, hey, we're paying you, um, call us when we're famous. And the thing with PR is it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you have to be a part of the process. And uh, so this is kind of part of the reason why we are starting these educational webinars and series is making people realize that just because you're paying someone doesn't mean that you magically end up on a billboard in Times Square, that they're, now the work begins. Now we have to dig in and figure out the storyline and um, what it is that makes you tick and what it is that makes you the outlier. Remember the outlier word. So we are hoping to roll this out in uh, November of this year. We are partnering with a couple of tech vendors that are in the PR space. So there is a podcasting platform we're partnering with to help people learn about how to get onto podcasts, how to get themselves out there and visible a bit more, and even just to be doing this kind of thing where they're working with people that show them how to 
have conversations and talk about what it is they do in a much more confident kind of way. We teach them that through this process, thought leadership is born. Because if you're passionate about what you're talking about, people will tend to listen a bit more and start seeing you as an authority on certain topics. And so that's what we're trying to achieve with this. I think it's going to be an incredibly uh, successful process. We have many people that are really interested to hear about our stories and journeys, and we're going to be telling people exactly what to look for every step of the way. And that is going to be at growyourbrandmasterclass.com. We will be rolling that out within the next few weeks. All right, great. Growyourbrandmasterclass.com. And Karen, where can people follow you? Uh, where, would, where would you like, what's the call to action for today's interview? So I really encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn. It's just Karen Gamba, connect with me on LinkedIn. I really enjoy people who reach out with a little bit of flair, not just, hey, let's connect, or hey, Karen, <laughs> you're a person, I'm a person. Let's be LinkedIn friends. So I actually challenge people out there to reach out to me with something a little quirky or funny or cool where I will notice you and we will probably become great friends and potentially collaborate. So go out there and and be as silly or as fun or as professional as you would like. Don't be unprofessional. Be professional or funny. I'm okay with that. Um, www.exv-agency.com is our website where you can learn a bit more about what we've done. You can see some of the unscripted television shows we've worked on, some of the stuff we have in production, learn a bit more about the TV industry and how we can help you uh, with this show and how we take you through this, through this process of unscripted television as well. So um, start with reaching out to me on LinkedIn, Karen Gamba, and check out our website at exv-agency.com. And then for the webinars where you want to learn more about PR and growing your brand is simply growyourbrandmasterclass.com. Wonderful. And we'll have those links on the uh, PR360 at our uh, website and also, yeah, on the... uh where the show is posted on ACAST. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. I know there was so much more we haven't got to, so we'd love to have you uh, on sometime in the future. I would love to be back. Thank you so much, Todd. Love the conversation. All things PR every day. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.